It's time for the podcast that features two guys that register on the Richter scale when they go up and down the stairs. It's the Morning Five, sponsored by the Parian Lawyers. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <gasps> His ability to suck in these balls. <gasps> Sounds like a case of the Mondays. Grab your balls. <gasps> When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. We've reached Monday. After a very, very busy football Friday, we have so much to talk about. It has been an absolutely great weekend. Bryce, let's talk about this. Uh, First of all, it's National Spumoni Day. National Spumoni Day. Yep. Spumoni. Every time I hear Spumoni, all I can think of is semi-pro, where he's running around being chased by the bear. Yeah. Spumoni. Uh, Spumoni. Literally had to look this up this morning. It's uh, it's like Italian ice cream is is Spumoni. I've never had it. Um, Molded gelato is yeah. what it says. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never had this. Me neither. Looks pretty tasty. I don't think I'd try it. Looks good, but no, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't even know where you can get spumoni around here. I don't. I don't believe there are any spumoni shops in West Georgia. If I had a guess, you think we could ask Butter Dutter for spumoni and see I, what they came up with? Maybe, yeah, but maybe we could get a uh, a spumoni flavored Butter Utter ice cream. Yeah, I don't. I don't Ooh. know. I don't know how far of a difference uh, either buttered Utter or sweet treats would be for making a spumoni for us. Yeah. It just sounds dirty, Spumoni. That just name sounds dirty. <laughs> it kinda does. <laughs> all right, let's let's get to it was a pretty decent weekend for all sports. Let's talk about the Braves. Braves take two or three from the Giants this weekend. Win their eightieth win of the season on Saturday. Win their eleven thousandth eleven thousandth win in franchise history on Friday. It's been a very, very good weekend. Uh, Friday night, Braves win 4 to nothing. Rosario, Olsen, Riley, and Harris all had an RBI apiece. Strider went seven innings, no runs, 10 Ks. Typical Strider, Yeah, right? normal Strider. Oh, yep. No, normal. What we, what we expect out of him at this point, guy is an absolute uh, workhorse. Workhorse? Uh, workhorse and a complete machine. Uh, 227 Ks in the season now. Absolutely insane. Over his last 61 games, Michael Harris has been batting Major League Best 362 with a 973 OPS after starting the season with a 181 average in his first 39 games played. I think you and I talked about this. We were we we talked about like okay, Mike needs to come out of this funk. Otherwise, I mean, we might need to send him back down. Yeah, and you know the the, the batting average was. You've got to come up. I kind of had faith that Harris would do that. And the, the nice thing about Harris is like, you know, when Marcelo Zuna is struggling at the plate, he doesn't really bring anything else to the Braves team. It's it's only his offense that he helps the Braves out with. Luckily for Harris, when the offense, when the offense isn't there, it's not great. Obviously, you want him hitting. Uh, but he is the best defensive outfielder in the entire major league. So it's not like he, he doesn't contribute when he's not hitting at the plate. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's nice to see Harris go on a complete tear. His last sixty-one games, uh, kid has a bright future, man. I love watching him play. Rysel Iglesias, one, two, three inning on Friday. No Perfect. way, no hey. way. I don't believe it. 
Let's uh, let's move on to Saturday. Braves win six to five, and it was not thanks to Yanni Trinos at all. Can't stand that guy. I still don't. I still don't know why he's on the roster. I really can't figure out why he is still on the roster. It, mu- it has to be. Has to be something. Manipulation. It has. It, to, is, it has it to be contract manipulation. Yeah, it's a thousand percent the uh, MLB service time manipulation. It hundred percent is. I'd rather just take a loss and give our guys a day off than have Chirinos go out there. I mean, <laughs> it, the crazy thing is, as bad as Chirinos has been for the Braves, the Braves are four and one when he starts. Figure Which that. Figure that one out. Crazy. Oh, I, I uh, don't. Braves- I don't understand it. Rosario wins, or Rosario had three RBIs, including a clutch, and I mean clutch, two-run bomb in the eighth inning. Uh, it was absolutely perfect. Arcia Acuna and Darno all had an RBI piece. Uh, Torinos went four innings, gave up four runs, and only had four Ks. Speaking of uh, Bryce Iglesias, yeah. on Saturday he had another one, two, no three inning. No way! Back to back one, two, three inning games. Uh, Back. That's that's One, not two, the three. recipe. That's not the recipe for Iglesias. That's not how he he works. Uh, Billy, oh. you know how I said uh, the Braves are four and one when Chirino starts. Yep. Do you know what his ERA is in those four games? Or excuse me, those five games. Four and one in, in his starts. Right. I'm gonna get it's a nine seven two. It's a nine one six. You are very close. Yeah, Braves are four and one, four and one when he starts, but he has almost a ten ERA. <laughs> How does that happen? It that's, makes sense. That's doesn't it? That's so random. He has almost a double digit ERA, yet the Braves are four and one when he starts. I just it blows my mind, dude. Completely blows my mind. On Sunday, Braves fall four to three. Arcia had the two lone Braves RBIs. The other. The other came in on an error, <laughs> thanks to uh, overthrow the third base. <laughs> yeah, thanks to Ronald Acuna just making things happen. Um, Freed had went five and two thirds, gave up three runs, six Ks, and had ten base runners. Yeah, not uh, not the best outing for Freed. Not bad. Uh, obviously, not, not definitely not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but. Uh, the location wasn't quite there. He settled down. Uh, he, he got into some trouble early on, then kind of settled down in the late innings. Um, not not the best outing from Freed. It didn't look like he had everything at his arsenal, pitching-wise. Um, not far off. I think he said in his own words that he's probably about mid-April form right now because of the you know the IL stint. So not great from Freed, but not terrible. It's, it's, it's one of those growing pain games, and... You know, at the end of the day, the Braves won this series over the weekend, so you kind of take it with a grain of salt. You move on, and you just hope Freed is going to be 100% and healthy when the playoffs roll around. Ronald Acuna is having a monster year, and I actually saw a TikTok this weekend that was was talking about how Matt Olson may, may be challenging Ronald for, for MVP. But to hell with Matt well, Olson. Me- I, think, I think Freddie needs to be in the conversation. Yeah, Freddie's having a pretty good one. Big year. Uh, but let's let's talk about Ronald Acuna real quick. Acuna is on pace for 124 runs, 74 steals, 37 <laughs> home runs. The only players in the modern era to accomplish those stats in a single season are Hall of Famers Ty Cobb and Ricky Henderson. It's a pretty good company. Yes, yeah. it's a pretty decent company right there. Yeah, 
I, you know, it, it says modern era. I, how is 1911 considered the modern era? I was about to say, why is Ty Cobb considered modern yeah, era? That's not uh, 1911. That's not modern. That's over a hundred years ago. But that's not modern era. I would consider, I would say, like 70s. I, I would say like 70s to now, probably the modern era, or maybe even the 80s. I don't know, but still, that's that that's insanely impressive, man. And you know, I was thinking the other day, I was looking at the stats, and I was looking at the season that Matt Olson and, and Freddie Freeman were having. Can you imagine a world where we retained Freddie Freeman but still also made the trade for Matt Olson and they just swap off at first base in DH? Be sick. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> be absolutely sick. It'd be, it'd be insane, man. Uh, Braves welcome in a, uh, a foe that you know we love to see right now. The New York Metropolitans come in for a three-game series in Atlanta this week. Welcome to the heat, boys. Uh, it's going to be the hottest it's been all year, buddy. And uh, man, it is it is going to be toasty out there. I don't think your kind of heat because I can't stand it. If I, you want it, if anybody wants to see me, I'll be inside of the air conditioning on full freaking blast because I'm not going to be outside. I love this weather. Um, I know you do. I do. Until until we started uh, playing rec uh, sports out at, at uh, Villarica. They won't let you practice if it's above 93 degrees. Yeah. They won't let you practice anything if it's above 93 degrees. And I'm like, what kind of snowflake world are we living in? Like, no baseball, no softball, no football. Obviously, we weren't going to go full pads if it's above 93. But, uh, like, I did, do you ever remember them canceling practice because of heat when you were little? No, like, I don't remember it. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen. We we never canceled practice because of that never happened when we were kids. It just didn't. That wasn't be part of the mo. Uh, I I I don't know why we're canceling. It's it's Georgia. If you don't like the heat, m- you know, move to Ohio. I, God, it's so aggravating. I love the heat, but I hate that the heat determines if we're going to practice tonight or not. So, you know, that's that just that just adds another layer of stress upon my life that. That's not terribly great. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> trying to find somewhere for a seven and eight team to practice because we're two and a half weeks away from a game. And, you know, Rooster Rooster was talking about they, they don't know how to line up. We're right there with you, buddy. We, we're also struggling to line up and find positions and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, taking a – essentially, Billy, this week looks like we're going to have to find an alternate place to – I know we're going off on a tangent here, but we're, we're going to have to find an alternate place to practice – all week because it's today today is supposed to be the most mild practice day we have and i think the high is like 95 and then tuesday wednesday and thursday it's the heat index is going to get over 100 so yeah it's going to be a warm one out there this week yeah i'm not looking forward to this week as far as the heat is concerned at all but it is one of this yep uh let's talk about friday friday night the falcons had a 13 to 13 tie versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Desmond Ritter went seven of nine with 80 yards and an interception. The interception was in the red zone. Um, not ideal. Can't have those. Players. No, at no, all. Certainly not. Nope. Can't have the, the way the offense is for Atlanta. You can't give up opportunities like that. It's just not, I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to have a high enough caliber firepower to be able to overcome red zone inefficiency. Uh, that's definitely no. something they need to they need to clean up. And what was this? 
this thing you've got on here about his throws. Yeah, because he, obviously I didn't see it and I didn't go back and watch. Um, wasn't he wasn't terribly accurate? Uh, he he got out. A lot of the passes were kind of wobbly coming out. I don't know. They just didn't look. They didn't look like they had a lot of zip on the ball. Uh, um, he got bailed out a lot by the catch radius of London and Pitts, I, and he didn't he didn't look bad by any stretch of the imagination. Just not. Just not terribly crisp, and, and maybe that's something you expect for the second preseason game of the year, uh, and that's probably something you're not going to see once the season starts. Is is Ritter is going to be a, a, a bit crisper? But I think it's nice for the for the Falcons fan to know that I, I'm a huge Desmond Ritter for him. I'm pouring, I'm pulling for Desmond Ritter. I hope he wins that starting job and and just flourishes. But it's nice for the Falcons fans to know that behind him sits Taylor Heineke who is is also no scrub quarterback in the NFL. So I think the Falcons have two really good options at quarterback. Um, Ritter is the front runner right now, but it's it's nice to have those two options, uh, especially when the offense that you're going to have for the Falcons is going to rely so heavily on the run that it, it almost doesn't matter who you roll out there at quarterback. I know it sounds odd, but uh, you know I, th- I think Heineke or Ritter could, could both be very good game managers and lead this team to a division title. Speaking of uh, the run, oh man, Bishop Robinson, looks oh dude, good, doesn't he? <laughs> I I cannot tell you how how overly impressed. I don't even know if that's the correct phrasing there, but I can't tell you how overly impressed I was with Bijan Robinson. I knew what he did in college. I knew in college he was he was the best running back in in NCAA last year. In fact, he was my preseason uh, Heisman dark horse. I, I love watching Bijan Robinson play. He was one of my favorite college football players to watch play last year. He only got five touches for 26 total yards. Um, but I don't think Bijan Robinson was brought down by first contact in any of those five touches. Uh, he led he led the NCAA last year in broken tackles and yards after first contact. And it wouldn't surprise me if Bijan is right up there in the NFL coming up this season because he is so elusive and he just he doesn't go down via first contact. I mean. And nobody got a hard shot on him. That's the thing, too, is he showed, he's so shifty uh, and light on his feet that he doesn't take a lot of hard hits. So I'm excited to see what Bijan um, does this season with the Falcons. How'd the offensive line look? It looked okay. Uh, it looked solid. Um, I, I, it's interesting to see how they how they progress without Hennessy. You know, Hennessy's out for the year. Definitely not in the cellar like they were last year. I think the offensive line last year was one of the Falcons' biggest weaknesses. And this year, I don't think they're going to be, by any stretch of the imagination, a top five offensive line. But I think they're going to be middle of the road. Uh, the pass blocking still leaves a lot to be desired. But the run blocking is going to be very, very good. And that's what the Falcons offense is built around. So I think they're I think they're going to be a middle of the road offensive line. And, and that's going to shape out well for what the Falcons are going to try to do this year. Defense continued to look pretty decent. Um, only giving up 13 to the Bengals is, is a good thing, um, I think, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I know it's only preseason and, and take everything with a grain of salt, but 13, 13 points in football, even in preseason, is pretty decent, yeah, in my it, opinion. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, you, you can be very nitpicky with this one. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more pressure on the quarterbacks. Jake Browning and, uh, Browning and Trevor Simeon kind of sat back there in the pocket when they wanted to, and there wasn't a t- I think the Falcons only got one sack. Uh, so more pressure on the quarterback is definitely needed. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what the defensive rotation looked like for the Falcons. I think the starters played probably a quarter. Um, so, you know, that, that, that is what it is. One of the cool things is, uh, you know, who showed up on the stat sheet for the Falcons defensively? 
Who's that? Young Ho Koo. He got a tackle in the preseason game. Young Ho Koo uh, got a sure, tackle? Sure nice. did. He sure did. Uh, so, but yeah, I think I'd like to see a little bit more pressure on the quarterback, but man, I, I think this Falcons team's going to be all right this year, man. I see a lot of promising stuff in the preseason. Nothing that makes me think they're going to make any waves in the playoffs or go to a Super Bowl or anything insane like that, but. I still think a I still think a uh, region region uh, region not region uh, division championship is uh, still in the cards for Falcons, which I believe they are second uh, in the odds right now behind Should the be. Saints. Should be yeah I th- I think that's fair I think that's fair. Uh, the Falcons were one and three in the red zone that can't happen. Thirty three percent efficiency won't be the ticket to win the, winning the division. So no. No, that's kind of what we said with the red zone efficiency earlier. It's the way this Falcons offense is shaped up. Even if you get in the red zone and kick field goals, not great, but you have to capitalize on every single red zone trip because I don't think you're going to be in the red zone that much. This isn't this isn't a an offense that's going to put up 40 points a game. You know, this is a this is a high 20s, low 30s offense um, that's going to have to capitalize on on every single drive. And 33% in the red zone, that's not it, man. That's not it. That's not a key for success. Speaking of Friday night, let's talk about Friday night football. We had a great night on Friday. Had four different stations going at once, which was awesome. Um, Bryce, you had the quote-unquote night off from calling a game. What was your biggest takeaway from Friday night? My biggest takeaway from Friday night from all the games is uh, Bremen is really good. That's 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 really my good. biggest takeaway. Yeah, Bremen Bremen is really good. Um, I I still haven't watched and broken down the Central and Temple tapes. I've seen highlights from Central and Temple. Uh, and Kale Kale Singleton and I were talking about this uh, at halftime of the of the Heard County Bremen game, uh, talking about J.R. Harris and just how talented and accurate and amazing the kid is. So I got to watch a couple clips of him, and he is he is everything that he's built up to be. Uh, but I, I can't wait to watch the entire game tape and, and break down J.R. Harris. But, yeah, my biggest takeaway from Friday night from all the games, that Bremen is going to be very, very good this year. And I, it wouldn't surprise me week one of the playoffs if the Blue Devils are hosting a playoff game. Yeah, Bremen beats uh, Heard County 24 nothing. Looked dominant pretty much in all aspects of the game. It, um, it was the offensive line. It was, it was offensive and defensive line for me for Bremen. They just they, – they out-muscled and – overpowered Heard County uh, and, and Heard County shot themselves in the foot a lot. It, it, it seemed like a point of the ta- a point of attack. Uh, Bremen was beating Heard County every single time. And, you know, when in, in that sort of game and that sort of battle and that sort of rivalry between Heard and Bremen, whoever wins the point of attack is going to win the game 99.9% of the time. And, and Bremen won the point of attack on offense and defense. Bremen's got one hell of a kicker as well. Uh, that if, if you're on the positive side of the 50, you've got three points in the bag, essentially. Um, and it looked like Hurt County is still kind of feeling out their quarterback battle. Um, I know uh, Tisdale played played the entire game, and uh, he, made some, he made some freshman mistakes, man. He made some freshman mistakes. So I don't know if that's something Coach Lasseter is going to roll with down there is just sort of letting him get his in-game lumps. Uh, because as we know, Hurt County, nothing, nothing Hurt County does in – I know, I know Coach Lasseter and none of his coaching staff and none of the fans and none of the kids are going to buy into this, but us as analysts can sit up here and say nothing Heard County does for the next, you know, five, six weeks-ish really matters because their region uh, doesn't start until what, week week seven of the season or something like that. So 
um, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's essentially, and once again, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna listen to my words, but uh, it's essentially all practice. So uh, we'll we'll see if we get any more of um, of Tisdale this week, or, or if we're gonna get some Sean Swafford sightings. But uh, yeah, I think there there's a lot of tape for Herd County to go back to today uh, and correct with these young men. Bowden fell uh, to Manchester 21-20. Actually had the chance to go ahead, went for two uh, on the final touchdown after they went to the late in the game and didn't get the two-point conversion. Kyler McGrin had 170 yards rushing and a tud uh, on 34 carries and was 9 of 13 passing for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, a little, so, home, little home cooking down there. Little home cooking down there in Manchester. Yeah, yeah it, there were there were I would say probably five or six flags thrown that were pretty questionable. And, and you know me, I, I'm never going to blame a game on referees, and I, I don't I don't like the bad mouth referees or, or umpires or anything like that. But uh, there, but. There, there, but <laughs> yeah, there were there were some questionable flags, man. There were I, I would say probably five questionable flags that probably should have been should have been picked up or not thrown or something like that I mean, having said that Bowden battled uh Bowden's defense was really really good the offense still looks like it's not firing on all cylinders I'd like to see McGrin move to running back Beasley to fullback and Devin Powell at quarterback I think the offense would flow a little bit better that way and I mean you lost you lost everybody on the offensive and defensive line and it showed a lot of a lot of the uh, a lot of the penalties that Bowden had in the first half were them just shooting themselves in the foot, whether it was a holding penalty, a block in the back call, a false start, and it was mainly on on an inexperienced offensive line. So, I mean, but anytime you can go down to Manchester and, and only lose by one point, I, they played really well despite all the errors and all the mistakes that they made. The Bowden played really well, so expect to see them kind of you know keep keep progressing and keep getting better and you know they don't get a uh, they don't get a week off this week they gotta they gotta travel to central to face a team that is going to be an absolute wagon this year uh let's talk about Carrollton real quick uh, unfortunately Nix goes down um in the first quarter first drive and it was just terrible Carrollton falls to Langston Hughes 39-34 and Carrollton's offense just looked like it didn't flow as much um as well as it does without Bryce Hicks after that first drive. So, I mean, they still put up points and they still looked like Carrollton, but, you know, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough to lose Bryce it, Hicks. It man. is, man. I mean, from, from Joey King's own mouth, he said Bryce Hicks was the best football player on that team and a senior leader getting knocked out like that. Uh, I, we're big Bryce Hicks fans. We, we've talked about Bryce Hicks all over the offseason uh, on this podcast and to see him go down and lose his senior year, uh, broken leg out for the season, uh, it just, uh, dude, it's, I can't tell you how much it sucks. Like, it, yeah, it, and, it really and bummed I me think, out. Here's the thing, like, uh, I, I love Bryce Hicks, I really do, and I, do I think too. Bryce is going to be a big cog in this in this championship run for Carrollton. And, that being said, I still think Carrollton still has a really good shot of doing good things here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do too. I think the thing that I hate the most for Bryce Hicks is like this year was going to be his breakout season. Like I think he was poised. You know, we talked about it. I think he was going to be probably the most valuable player in, in West Georgia for football. Um, doesn't have doesn't have a lot of the offers that we both think that he should because of the way he plays and, and the reason is is just because of his height and 
You know, this is this is not a young man that has a- Alabama in the bag or has already signed with LSU or you know he's going to Georgia or something like this. Was a kid that was still battling for uh, big time scholarship offers. So I, I hate to see it. Yeah, I think I, Carrollton's gonna be fine, man. They got a lot of firepower. Juju was twenty of thirty for one hundred eighty six pat uh, one hundred eighty six yards and a touchdown. Um, they had they had a chance to win the game. I mean, Carrollton was on the two yard line with eleven seconds left. Uh, but failed on all three tries to get in the end zone to win this game. So they were right there on the precipice of winning. Um, Aaron Nolan for Langston Hughes is going to be a dude. He looked really, really good. So hey, where's he going to college? He's going to Ohio State. Well, right now, I, I don't. I put I put zero faith in recruiting right now for for big time college football uh, <laughs> places. Like it just with the transfer portal and everything. Like who knows where he ends up. So yeah, I think Carrollton's gonna be fine, um, but I, I I just hate it for hate it for Price Hicks, man. I really do. Redan falls to Central, fifty to twelve. <laughs> Jr. Harris 50, is a dude. Uh, 50, 50 to twelve. Uh, Jr. Harris is a dude, man. I can't wait to break down this film. Oh, uh, probably today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, Central's Central's gonna be really good, dude. I think they're I think they're more talented this year than they were last year. And I, defense, man. Yeah, oh I hope God. I hope they live up to what they can be this year. Uh, because oh. I'll be I, I you know I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. I think last year they underachieved with the amount of talent they had on that team. I, I think they underachieved, and I, I'm I'm excited to see what Central can do this year if they can if they can live up to their potential and put it all together and, and knock some people's teeth out. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what this week brings up with Central versus Bowden. Last year, Central was the only blemish on Bowden's schedule. So let's see if Central can continue that or if Bowden can get a little bit of revenge. That's going to be going to be a huge, huge matchup. And Central did it in Bowden. They went to Bowden and, That's right. and, and beat him. Yeah, so now, now Bowden's traveling over to Ronnie Birchfield Field and uh, you know, try to get, get a little revenge, try to get a little revenge for last year. Uh, Pike County falls fifty-seven to six to the Temple Tigers, and Temple looked good out out the gate, which was the most random line ever. Line of seven. I don't, I don't know who set that or why it was set like that. I don't. <laughs> that me, you, Coach Kale, everybody disagreed with that. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't just you and I being insane. Um, yeah. I'm glad Coach Kale was kind of on the same wavelength as we were is very confused by that line i don't i don't know who i mean that's if i could have found a bookie to take that i would have taken that in a heartbeat i would have bet my mortgage on it um yeah the manny Watkins looked good gribbon looked good i, I think that temple team is going to be very improved over over last season uh and and seeing where the herd county team was week one um i i think the, that temple herd county game is going to be a lot closer than maybe some people expect uh, we'll see where they are when they meet later on in the season, but the t- the Temple team looked good. Uh, T's and P's out to Hudson Knicks as well, man. man. Uh, yeah, yeah bro- broken femur. He's out of surgery now. He's at home. He's recovering. But I, dude, between between uh, Bryce Hicks and and Hudson on Friday night, man, I, I was I was pretty bummed out Friday night, like, like seeing those young men go down and get injured with serious injuries like that. I mean, season-ending injuries. Um, it, it bumped me out pretty hard, dude. It, I, it sucks. You know, I, I hate it. But, uh, you know, good communities out here taking care of both families. So, uh, T's and P's to them. Fast recovery. Hicksy, uh get better for college. And, and Hudson, you know, Hudson's just a freshman. He's got a long career ahead of him. And 
If there's anybody that can come back from a broken femur, I think it's going to be somebody with the last name Nix. Did you happen to see the uh, the video of how it happened? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Rough, rough video. And how, how many times does a play like that happen in a football game? You know, probably thirty times. And yeah, yeah. it you know it's just kind of a kind of a freak accident. One thing I didn't know about Hudson Nix, though, apparently he's a Legos fan. Well, that's pretty cool because I also I also love Legos. I'm thirty four years old and I'm a huge Lego guy. I just bit my tongue. That hurt. Ow. Don't do that. Ow. That was ouch. I did not feel well. Uh, Billy, you ready to get to the Marine South scoreboard? Let's do it. Marine South scoreboard from this weekend in softball. Carrollton Falls to Blessed Trinity and Walnut Grove 5-2 to two and 7-6. to six. Heard County defeats Jeff Davis and Mount Vernon. I'm not 100% sure on the scores. I should have texted Drew last night. I think he umpired both of these. Um, but... I'm like 90% sure that Heard County won both of these. And I think one of them was in walk-off Grand Slam fashion by Maddie Denny. I believe she hit a walk-off Grand Slam in the Mount Vernon game. Um, but yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure pretty sure they went 2-0 this weekend. And then Temple, the Temple Tigers, they go 2-0 this weekend over Chatt- uh, Chattooga. 5-2 in game one and 11-2 in game two. So a nice... Nice little three-game winning streak out there for the Temple Tigers. And then in the MLS and soccer, Atlanta United defeated the Seattle Sounders last night 2 to nothing uh, in a nice game that started at 1030. It started after I already went to bed. Um, and I'm sure we'll get a, I'm sure we'll get a TM5 United episode about that uh, probably tomorrow. They sent they sent me a TM5 United uh, episode. Uh, I think it was Thursday night, but dude, Friday was so crazy with trying to get high school football ready. I completely forgot yep. about it, and I never uploaded it, so that's on me. Sorry, guys. GG, uh, GG had a score last night. So yeah, yeah I saw I saw Yakimakis had a score, and who else scored for us? Do you remember off the top of your head? Mm-hmm. Oh, pop. I'm gonna click this and then go. I don't know why it doesn't pop up automatically for me. All the other ones do. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who. Why is it? Oh, there we go. I guess it's at the very very into the list because it was so late last night um the other goal came from oh yakamakis he scored twice yeah they uh, had a oh, race huh. last night yep uh so atlanta united is i think atlanta united is like four points out of third place with nine games to go or something like that i saw from uh saw from mike connie this morning so hopefully those transfers in hopefully those transfers in uh did a bunch for atlanta united on the uh smith floor coverings games and events calendar for tonight softball harrelson county at Bowden Woodward Academy at Mount Zion in Villarica is at South Paulding. You need another cup of coffee? Yes, sir, I do. Another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strong with the Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Uh, Anthony Edwards drops 34 to lead Team USA past Germany. Oh, dude, listen, I was, get, I was getting a little fired up about this game, all right? USA was playing kind of crappy. We ended up winning 99 to 91. Uh, completed a 5-0 and exhibition record, which is nice. But, I, dude, like in the third quarter, we were down by like 14 points. I was getting a little fired up about this game. I was getting a little pissed off, all right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Anthony Edwards, uh, big game, 34 points. Led us back against uh, Dennis Schroeder and, and the Germans. So, <laughs> just like World War II, suck at Germany. Brooks Ryder uh, loses, or excuse me, Brooks Kepta loses out on the automatic Ryder Cup berth. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, you know, 
Kepka's had a really good season this year. He tied for second in the Masters in April and uh, won his third PGA sh- Championship the next month. Uh, he entered the week fifth in Ryder Cup points, but he fell to seventh on Sunday after Max Homa and Xander Schauffele tied for fifth and eighth, respectively, in the BMW Championship. So despite having a pretty good year this year, Kepka might not be part of the uh, the Ryder Cup. Him and Phil Mickelson might be watching it at Hooters with John Daly. Max Scherzer uh, gets to 11th in the Major League Baseball career strikeouts. Uh, he was so erratic, they lost. Yeah, lost 6-2, to the old old Rangers. Uh, lost to the Milwaukee Brewers. Max Scherzer is one of the... Do you, do you, think, do you think Max Scherzer doesn't get the praise that he deserves for being as good of a pitcher as he is. Maybe maybe I'm way off base here. Different ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah, and I feel like I don't I don't know, man. I feel no, like I think, I think Scherzer is high on everyone's list. Okay. So no. Okay. All right. I, I just feel like sometimes he doesn't get the praise that he deserves because he is he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, man. He's an all timer. Yeah, no doubt. And then finally, today in 1931, Yankee slugger Babe Ruth becomes the first Major League Baseball player to hit 600 career runs as New York defeats St. Louis Browns 11-7 at Sportsman Park. 600 home runs, man. He was doing it back then when people' career home runs were like three, 400, and he was he was just yakking those 600. I'd love to see what those baseballs were made of back then, 1931. Doing it with ground rule doubles too that is true i forget what they say like 13 13 of his home runs i think were technically ground rule doubles so something like it was in the teens it was something like that i don't know how how, how did they go back and figure that out that's nuts man that's that's i don't know going going over hundreds of box scores that are hundreds of years old or 100 years old um but yeah i think they said somewhere in the teens his home runs were ground rule doubles (laughs) you got anything else for us nah man let's get out of here on a Manic Monday. Look out for uh, Hometown Sports Media. We'll be posting our schedule today with all the games we are calling this week. Uh, tomorrow we'll have some of the highlight reels from Friday night. Wednesday is the coaches show. And then uh, we move on to Thursday and Friday with a little, little football preview. So uh, high school football is in full swing. College football will be in full swing in uh, next week. week. Yeah. Yep. yeah. At this, well, week zero is this week. Um, there's a few games this week, but week one will be next weekend. Not what, this weekend what, do we got, what do we got matchup wise for, for week zero? Let's look at that real quick. Uh, just see if there's anything good coming up this weekend. Uh, the Ireland trip week zero. That is yes. And Navy, Navy, Notre Dame. Um, that, that should be interesting. Notre Dame should win that one pretty handily, but that, that should be interesting in San Jose state versus USC. That is also a week zero game. So we had a couple couple top 25 teams in action this weekend on Saturday. And then we have a bunch of a uh, bunch of other smaller schools in action as well. But that Hawaii Vanderbilt game might be pretty decent. That'll be fun. Yeah, I yeah. Bet, that, bet that might be pretty decent. So yeah, week zero this week, this Saturday, baby. Let's go. But for Bryce Sparling, I am Billy Lindahl. Have a great Monday, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow. Same time same place shake your neighbors just shake them shake your neighbors